Welcome to the Essential Church Podcast. Our goal is to strengthen and equip church and ministry leaders just like you through practical and theological discussions about some of the most pressing and important issues facing the local church today. We feature conversations with members of our team here at New Life Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado, as well as interviews with authors and thinkers from around the world. You can follow The Essential.Church on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Watch episodes on our YouTube channel and also subscribe to our podcast via iTunes and Spotify, where you'll find a full archive of previous conversations. And now here is this week's episode of The Essential Church Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Essential Church Podcast, an ongoing conversation regarding some of the most important issues facing the local church. Today, I'm your host, Andrew Arndt, and uh, Happy New Year to you, Essential Church Podcast listeners. Uh, As we're going to go ahead and say in the show here, you'll hear it here in just a second, but this is the 100th episode of the Essential Church Podcast. We've done seven seasons worth and covered all kinds of topics ranging from race and politics to hiring and firing, worship, all kinds of theological conversations. It's just been an amazing ride. And I just wanted to say to all of you, thank you for your support in the podcast. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for your interest. Thank you for your suggestions. It just means so much to us. Well, as we start off this year, I wanted to start a conversation with Brady and with Glenn and with Daniel Uh, on how pastors should orient themselves going into this new year. We had the plan for the podcast set a couple days ago, and then as I sit here, it's Thursday morning, just yesterday afternoon, uh, we had a really ugly spectacle break out at our nation's capital, which most of you are aware of by now. And so we decided to pivot the conversation, really turn it into a special episode to address those things and how we need to respond to that as a church, I think this is one of the best episodes that we have ever done, and it just so happens to fall on the 100th episode. I think you're really going to enjoy it and be strengthened by it. And uh, I really do hope that you'll also share it around social media as these conversations are so important for right now. So without further commentary from me, here's the podcast. Well, guys, I don't know if you know this, but this is the 100th episode of the oh, Essential oh, Church that? Podcast. Okay. Can you believe it? Centenarian. It is. It is the centennial episode of the Essential Church Let's Podcast. Hope it's a good yes. one. So starting out the new year. And um, this is our first podcast of season eight. And I do love this time of year. Generally speaking, it's a great time of year for us to sit and kind of take a step back and think about where we're at, where we want to go, reassess our priorities. But this uh, past year was a tumultuous year, so it leaves us a little bit, our, I think our dashboard for a lot of us is still a little bit scrambled. And now we're stepping into a new year that not only holds a lot of uh, ambiguity still, but just yesterday as we're recording this podcast, yet another curveball yeah. for us to deal with in our churches and in our ministries. 30,000 people at the nation's capital breaking into the Capitol building, trying to disrupt the process of figuring out who's going to be the next president of the United States and all of that. It was a really sad moment in our culture, and I think it's the buildup of a lot of things that have been going on for a long time. So, Brady, I want to direct the first question to you. Here we are trying to pastor in an already difficult season, and then we've got this. I want you to just talk about how you're reading what's happening in our culture right now and what's going on in your spirit as you're looking at all of this. Well, first of all, to the pastors that are listening, I I want you to know I prayed for you this morning because I think there's a great amount of fatigue, leadership fatigue. Mm -hmm. We had to spend so much of our leadership capital last year navigating the COVID lockdown and then racial unrest uh, and then political turmoil. A lot of our leadership capital was spent last year. And I talked to a lot of pastors around the country 
who are just feeling exhausted right now. And the timing of what happened in our nation's capital could not have come at a worse time for yeah. pastors who sure. were already just feeling like this is one more thing that I have to address from the pulpit. This is one more crisis that uh, I have to navigate with my people. And I felt that even last, uh, last night, we gathered as a church for a prayer meeting and I was driving to the church thinking, I didn't need this. Mm. I, I wanted mm -hmm. I wanted the first prayer meeting of 2021 to be joyful and celebratory. Mm -hmm. But sometimes as pastors, we don't have the luxury of choosing uh, events yeah. and timing. And so we have to, sometimes we find ourselves reacting. And mm -hmm. a lot of pastoral ministry is reactionary. We have to react to what's happening in our people's lives. We have to react to what's happening in the culture. And what we saw in our nation's capital is a, a uh, an accumulation of emotions that have been building for quite a bit. It was yeah. a it was an eruption of emotions that's been boiling under the yeah. surface in our yeah. country for a long time, and it was it was hard to watch. It was uh, I I, I want to come out and say publicly I condemn mob yeah. violence of any form, yes. uh, any yes. shape. It, it is not the way to solve our our greatest problems in our country. What happened? at our Capitol was a travesty. It was uh, demonic, it was a sin. It needs to be confronted, it needs to be repented of, it needs to be stopped. And we cannot put people uh, in, there were people who died. Yeah. Four yeah, people four died. People died. Yeah. Um, and the, so that was death and mayhem and uh, it was not the kingdom of God. Right. It was not the, the way of Jesus uh, mm -hmm. on, on display at all. Mm -hmm. And so let me just say a couple of things, one, I want people to know that we care deeply. The four men that you yeah. see sitting here today, all of us care deeply about politics. Sure. None of us yeah. are, sure. uh, none of us walk away from the political realm. We we we're engaged in it. We yeah. we watch it. We we see it. We understand it. We understand that politics matter because it affects the lives, the daily lives of people, especially the marginalized. Mm -hmm. So the poor, the widow, the orphan are especially affected yeah. by bad policies. And so we care deeply about politics and we also encourage the members of our church to engage in civic, in yeah. their civic yeah, responsibility. Yeah. So we've always said vote. We've yeah. always said to, involved, uh, vote, yeah. Yeah, to get involved, yeah. to run for office. Uh, so none of us here are apolitical. No. We, we believe in the strength of politics. Yeah. However, we also believe that the, our maintaining our witness of Jesus is still the paramount yeah, activity yeah. of our that's lives. Good, yeah. We still have to be witnesses mm -hmm. of Jesus and maintain uh, our integrity and our witness of the resurrected Christ. Yeah. Right. And that there, therein lies the problem. Right. Yes. How do you get involved in the vile, ordinary means of politics <laughs> while maintaining sure. a witness of Jesus. Yeah. yeah, And that's where I want to kind of dive in today. Sure. Yeah. You've been on the phone with the governor this year. You've been on the phone with the mayor this year. Mm -hmm. Glenn stood in front of the city council this year. We're, I mean, we're trying yeah. to be involved. We are yeah. involved in yeah. our city. We, yes. It's not that we are some sort of Christians burying our heads in the yeah. sand, waiting for some kingdom to appear out of nowhere. Right. Like we're working and we're trying to do it in the name and in the spirit of Jesus. That's yeah. it. And, and the, the gift that we're given as Americans, and I say this you know, as a first-generation immigrant, the gift of America is, number one, we get to be involved. We get a voice. You know, mm -hmm. We can actually influence things. But secondly, the gift is that America has wonderful ideals. Yep. America has beautiful ideals. So the political process is designed at its best to result in the common good. So the aim of the political process is the common good. And I even think that... Both parties probably have more, more overlap in their vision of what the common good is, but where they deviate is on the path to get there. You know, mm -hmm. so as Christians, you, 
just, let's at least give people the charity and the dignity yeah. of saying, I assume that what you want by this policy or by this plan is the common good. I want the common good too, but I disagree with your plan or your totally. pathway. That's the that's the means of charitable discourse. Yeah. So know? I want to flesh that out for a second. Brady, you made a great comment last night at our first Wednesday gathering where you said that if we want the kingdom of God, we have to do it Jesus's way. Yeah, We have to walk the way of Jesus if we want all the things that are promised to us in the kingdom of God. And I, I fear that as we engage the political process, what a lot of Christians are trying to do is they're trying to get the kingdom of God on somebody else's terms, Herod's way or Caesar's yeah, way yeah. Or, or whatever. So yeah. I wonder if we can't hear just for a few minutes flesh out what it might look like. Some, maybe some of the key points or key, key sort of poles of thought for thinking about how Christians engage the political process in a way that's kingdom, in a way that looks like the way of Jesus. Yeah, I had a pivotal and a prophetic conversation a couple of weeks ago with a mentor friend of mine, a, an older man who's been in the ministry over 40 years. He said, Brady, as you make decisions this year, ask yourself one primary question. He says, what will God bless? Mm -hmm. What is it that God can bless? What, is, what are the ways that God blesses? Sure. What are the things that God blesses? Yeah. And so it led me back into uh, reading Matthew chapter 5, mm -hmm. the Beatitudes, blessed are, blessed are these people. These yeah. are the things yeah. that God calls blessed. And it reminded me that the only thing that God calls blessed is the way of Jesus. Jesus right. modeled for us. Mm -hmm the way God blesses things. Yep. So when we, what we saw in our nation's capital was not the Beatitudes being worked out. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I read, I, just yesterday I went back and reread Matthew chapter 5, uh, verses 3 through 9 or 10, depending on how you define the Beatitudes. But it's basically, blessed are the meek, mm -hmm. blessed are the merciful, mm -hmm. blessed are the poor in spirit, mm -hmm. blessed are the peacemakers, yeah. uh, blessed are those who find themselves persecuted for righteousness' sake. Yeah, so. Yeah. When we think through the Beatitudes, it answers the question, what is it that God will bless? Right. And and there are there's no secondary choices. Right. There's, right. It, that's why Jesus called optional. it yeah. right. this, Jesus called it the narrow path for yeah. a reason. Yeah. The narrow way that leads to righteousness and holiness and the kingdom of heaven because it's difficult. It was narrow because it's difficult. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. The the broad is the path right. that leads to destruction. And I, I told our church at our prayer meeting that it's easy to get angry. Mm -hmm. It's easy to be outraged. Mm -hmm. It's easy to resort to violence. Mm -hmm. It's actually very radical and very difficult and actually really courageous yeah. to choose the path of peace mm -hmm. yeah. because it stands in the face of, of a mob culture that has taken over our po political world. Totally. So I asked myself, uh, even yesterday, as, as I was watching the news and watching those, the riots happen at the Capitol, I said, where are the peacemakers? Mm -hmm. Where are those people? Ha they have to be in the crowd. They have mm -hmm. to be there. God mm -hmm. probably placed some, but where, where are they? Mm -hmm. And uh, they obviously got overrun mm -hmm. because uh, peacemaking did not, peace did not <laughs> result. It, it was mob day. violence that re resulted in that. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I just want to say, that we cannot choose the ways of the world and get the kingdom of God. Yes. Yeah. If you want the kingdom of heaven to come to the earth, you have to choose the narrow path of Jesus, which is a really radical way of living. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yesterday was Epiphany, and a number of us were reflecting on this. Mm -hmm. You know, Epiphany is that story in Matthew's gospel where the Magi follow the star and they find Jesus. But meanwhile, there's another king, Herod, yeah. who's murdering, slaughtering the innocents. And Actually, the Gospels, Matthew in particular maybe, but are, are trying to set before us these two contrasts, the Herod way and the Jesus way. And the, yeah. the Herod way is always protect your own power and use violence if necessary. And the Jesus way is give your power away and, right. and die because it will be necessary. Right. And, and I, I, I think those, you know, to put some meat on that bone, Andrew, you were saying, like, what does that actually look like? I think if it doesn't look like 
the cross, if it doesn't look like laying down your life, right? Uh, it doesn't look like Jesus. Well, and the crucial point, I think, with the way of Jesus is that, I mean, this is one of the things I'm thinking about a lot lately, is that it's not quietism. Yeah, right. So Jesus is not slinking away no. and just kind of going, hey, just like let the world burn and let's form a little spiritual community over here where we just kind of close our ears and we close our eyes to what's happening. Jesus bears truthful witness yes. all the way to the end. But what he won't do is he won't yank the reins of power back. No. You know, and so the whole, I mean, that whole moment in the Garden of Gethsemane is, do you not think, I couldn't call on my father, I could have done it. I could have called down 10,000 legions of angels and we could have arrested this process right right now. But that's what he won't do. Instead, as the scripture says, he entrusts himself Mm -hmm. to him who judges justly. So he bears courageous witness all the way to the end and then offers it up to the father. I just think that that's in stark contrast to the way that we engage the process. It's big and it's tempting for us to think that our day is unique circumstances and therefore that's cute, Jesus, but you know, do you know what's at stake today? Well, it's helpful to remember in in Jesus's day, there were the Pharisees who thought, if we're righteous enough, we can make the yep. kingdom come. Mm-hmm. There were the zealots who thought, if we'll pick the fight, God will finish the war mm-hmm. and, and throw, overthrow yeah. this. And then there were the Essenes who thought, mm-hmm. let's just retreat from all yeah. of it and hide out in the desert. Yeah. All three of those options were yes. on the table in yes. Jesus' day, and the kingdom is neither of those. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah but at some point, we have to. Uh, I, I think it comes down to having faith as well. Mm-hmm. Do we trust <laughs> that God's in charge or not? And, right. And I, what I saw, uh, what I'm seeing in our political culture right now is people giving up on the gospel. Yeah. They're giving up on the power of the gospel. Yeah. They, do, do, we, do we really believe that preaching Christ crucified and resurrected can still change people's lives? Do we still yeah. believe that the Holy Spirit is better at changing the hearts of men than we are? Mm-hmm. And if, we, if we've lost faith in that, then I can understand why you'd pick up ordinary politics <laughs> sure. as a way of creating change. But for mm-hmm. me... I still have not given up on the strength and the hope of the gospel. I still believe it can radically change marriages. I think it can radically change prodigals' hearts. I think it can still cause uh, the the change that we're hoping for. And I have not given up on it yet. Can I ask a question here? I think in these moments of turmoil, you know, Isaiah 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, Mm -hmm. I saw the Lord. Mm, You know, the temple shakes, the doorposts. I think there's an eruption, kind of a moment Mm. in these political changes. And at least you look back at Scripture and you see that that's not unprecedented. Mm. But I think in these moments, something is being driven out. Amen. I I think in the church, if if we'll respond to the invitation of the Spirit, Jesus will cast some stuff out of us (laughs) and, and cleanse us. So what do you see in this moment that if the American church will tenderize itself and open up its heart, what do you see as an invitation from the Spirit, and what do you see being driven out in this mm-hmm. kind of moment? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a fear is what we're having mm-hmm. to confront right now. And the reason people are so angry is because they're afraid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we tend to get angry at that what scares us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we're afraid of the changes that we're seeing in our culture. And they are they are troubling changes. We're mm-hmm. becoming secular. We've been, well, we've been secular yeah. Sure, yeah, for right, probably right, 30 right. years. Yeah, yeah. This is not a new More, phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, America has become a secular culture. <laughs> yeah. It's become a progressive mm-hmm. liberal culture in, in, in many urban centers. And I think that terrifies us. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of trusting the Lord for our future, we're, we, when we look into the future, we don't see hope. We don't see, mm-hmm. we don't see this is why eschatology matters, by the way. Right. The so, way we view yeah. the end times yeah. should be shaping mm-hmm. the way we pray right now. Right. I had this conversation mm-hmm. with a friend of mine. He says, it seems like we're losing 
everything that was beautiful about our country. I said, well, Ouch. how do you read the Bible? I said, yeah. if you read the Bible, the world's going to get dark and corrupt, yeah. and the church is going to be pure and powerful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If that's the way you see it all ending, I said, then none of us should surprise you. Yes. I said, that's the way I read the Bible, is that the world's going to get dark and dark and trip over itself, and <laughs> yeah. it's going to get yeah. really ugly outside. But inside the church, yeah. there's a purified bride is yes. going to emerge, yeah. yes. and it's going to shine a light brightly into the dark world yes and so and the meek will inherit the earth so we're not like trying to protect something that's already been given so much as we're trying to live in a way that positions us to receive what god will one day give yes and that statement again (laughs) i can't remember what i just said (laughs) that was really much pressure yeah Yeah. go back and replay the tape i I think that statement though can only be made from a certain vantage point Mm -hmm. people who are saying oh we're losing so much about what's great about america well there's there's people for hundreds of years who've been waiting for America yes. to change. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I think that brings up another thing that I think could be driven out if we will let it, which is tribalism. Yes. Totally. Yes. The the us against them, I've got to dig in my heels, the loudest voice wins, the reddest face is the right face. You yeah. know, just like can we can we listen to each other? Yeah. Can we let Jesus drive that fear and anxiety and tribalism and hatred out of us? But uh, you look around right now. Well, I mean, Re- Reverend Warnock, you know, saying yeah. it, it, my 82-year-old mother who picked someone else's corn, it picked my name, picked her son. To yeah. be said, whatever we think of his politics. Yeah. What those, a story. Yeah. That, that, for that family, they're yeah. not it's saying amazing. we're losing an old, better America. Right. No. So, so we have to be careful because on the one sense, it is getting darker. But yeah. there are other ways that we're trying to shake off there the glimmers of the past. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, I was thinking, you know, to your point, when you asked the question about what's being driven out, Mm. xenophobia, you know, it's just Mm. real. And I just keep Mm. thinking about that. And I think about how much that crosses party lines and it crosses Mm. ideological divides. What Mm. we're all afraid of is that there's some group out there that we can identify that's Mm. going to take away everything that's precious to us. And that to me is the root of the division that Mm. we see in our world. And when I think about it, and we've said it so many times on this podcast, but it's worth reiterating that the first impact of the gospel on society is that it breaks Breaks down down. the barriers between us and them. And if we're not willing to accept that, we're standing outside of the way of Jesus. Yeah, love your neighbor as yourself was the first, a big commandment. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then in Luke chapter 10, when when the the teacher of the law says, well, who is my neighbor? neighbor?" We talked about this in the book, Mm -hmm. Remarkable, that I just wrote, is that um, extravagant, 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 extravagant. is, is that the neighbor turned out to be someone we didn't yeah. suspect could yeah. be a neighbor. It was yeah. a Samaritan helping mm-hmm. a Jewish person. Yeah. That is the story of the gospel, and it's mm-hmm. one of the most powerful parables ever told because mm-hmm. it breaks down those dividing walls of hostility that have been built That's up it. in our culture. Guys, give us some tells here. I want you to just talk for a second here because we've talked about now in this podcast about how, and we've said it before, how we um, we embrace and we bless engagement with the political process, robust engagement with mm-hmm. the political process. But talk about tells for a second. How do you know when mm-hmm. you have crossed the line mm. from uh, um, a faithful engagement with the political process into something that's demonic and dark? How do, how do we know? Well, we know this from the, the Galatians 5 tells us what the that's fruits right. of the Spirit right. are. Mm-hmm. Right. When your politics does not look like love, joy, that's peace, it. gentleness, yeah, right, meekness, right, right, kindness, and long-suffering, right. You're no longer being led by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. but another spirit now mm-hmm. has taken charge, mm-hmm. and it's the works of the flesh, which mm-hmm. if you read right. envy, strife, anger, melt, jealousy, right. murder, lying, lying, yeah, lying. Yeah, that's, that's, we, so 
I always look at Galatians 5, and I lay those two things out in front of me and say, what is what are my politics producing? Yeah, amen. Yeah. Is yeah. it the fruits of the Spirit or the works of the flesh? Mm-hmm. And this is what Paul was saying to us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Make sure that everything you do, say, mm-hmm. and become mm-hmm. is an act of the Spirit or the act of the flesh, and it's really one of two choices mm-hmm. that you're yep. going to make every single day. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I was on the phone recently with a friend who works for a large uh, social media company, and he was saying, can I keep working for them in good conscience? And I said, every industry is going to be bent in, in an, in an inact, in, improper way. That's the result of the fall. It impacts every industry. But we're talking about politics, but we could be talking about tech. We could be talking about the finance industry. We could be talking about all that. So the answer is never for Christians to retreat from those fe- right. spheres, but to say, in what ways can I bend this vocation back so it becomes holy again? In what mm-hmm. way uh, is this meant to be a servant of the people and mm-hmm. a servant for the common good, not a means for my own power. So yeah. I, I, I was, you know, the fruit of the spirit. That that's an amazing list. The the singular lens for me is, what does this position do with power? Mm-hmm. Does it use power mm-hmm. for its own gain, or does it use it for someone else's yeah. gain? Mm-hmm. And I would say to that, does it look like Acts two? You know, every tribe, tongue, nation, and people group gathered mm-hmm. yeah. around mm-hmm. the name of Jesus. And uh, if it's one tribe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's if good. it's one color, mm-hmm. if it's one ideology, yeah. and and then there's barriers around it, to me it doesn't look like the, the fruit of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so when, when you see people gathered from every tribe, tongue, nation, and people group, and they're holding hands and they're praying in the one name of Jesus Christ, so good. then it yeah. starts to image the kingdom that we're going into. Amen. I just want to say to pastors right now that your church needs you to address this topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and I know you're tired. I'm tired too. And I'm really, <laughs> really would love to stand in front of my people with joyful good news and, and, uh, and not have to deal with such troubling, difficult things. But I just want to encourage the leaders and pastors. We have a lot of pastors and mm-hmm. leaders that listen to the podcast to, to uh, be, be joyful, be kind, but be truthful right now. Your, yeah. your church needs us. The church needs us mm-hmm. to give a biblical view of this right now. And yeah. don't, so don't take a partisan view out of your pulpit right yeah. now. This is the yeah. worst yeah. time yeah. to be partisan and double down on your support of certain partisan politics. Right now, we need to turn people back to the centrality of Jesus, Jesus. make yes. sure they're pointed yes. into the face and person of Jesus. And, but don't ignore this topic. Don't ignore yeah. it. Uh, talk about it. Because they're talking about it out in the lobby. So you better, whatever they're talking about in the lobby, you need to talk about in the pulpit. <laughs> Amen. And th- I promise you this, uh, the next few weeks, the number one topic of conversation uh, will be this. Amen.